Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor of Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy and Justin Thomas. It is time to talk playoffs, gentlemen. The girls' basketball postseason gets rolling tonight. Uh, Within the next three weeks, we'll crown a state champion. So nevertheless, let's devote this podcast to breaking down that very playoff landscape. We're going to um, to have quite a few folks involved in this one. We're going to have, what, I guess four different lineups throughout the course of this podcast as we go region by region. And, yeah, chime in on the local teams that we have have in the postseason. So let's, um, let's start. Let's start in Region 1 over in Class 6A, which is... Absolutely loaded. If you check any sort of uh, any sort of state poll, some of mm-hmm. the absolute best teams in the state reside in this region. Um, Justin, this is the uh, this is the Louisville ISD territory. You've got how many? Let's see. You have what three three teams? So Marcus, Louisville, and Hebron. Yes. Um, Second, third, and fourth from six six a. No. So let's um, yeah. Let's see. Let's see what the uh, what is in store in the first round for those programs. You have Hebron scoring off against Keller. You got some Keller ISD uh, yeah. versus Louisville ISD. SD matchups in this. You have Louisville squaring off against Keller. Which Keller is it? Timber Creek. Timber Creek. Yeah, that's and that's a doubleheader, 6 and 7.30 at Central tonight. And then you have Marcus taking on Geyer. So let's look at those first two matchups with Keller ISD versus Louisville ISD. Whether it's Hebron or Louisville, Justin. Just pick whichever one takes um, your fancy. We'll go in order of finish. How about that? So we'll start with Louisville. Um, third year in a row for the Farmers. Um, okay. Lot of their play- a lot of players on their team have been on the roster for those three years, especially their uh, seniors, Nala Hemingway and Nessa Boyd. A couple, Nisa, a couple Nisa really Boyd. close losses to Allen, yeah. if I recall, in the first well, round. Actually, two years ago they won. Oh, that's right, that's right. And then both la- games were really both close, Both games though, were really yes. close, yeah. Two years ago it was a buzzer beater from McKenzie Bowie. Um, but yeah, so um, third year in a row in the playoffs. Timber Creek finished third in 5-6A. Um, just kind of looking at their, you know, schedule on how they're playing coming into the postseason. It looks like they're a pretty solid defensive team. I, not too many teams put more than 50 points on them. Um, they won their last three games. They have a player. I'm probably going to screw this one up. <laughs> Mele Kalahi, but she appear, she appears to be their uh, kind of go-to scorer. So I'm sure uh, Coach Allsbrook uh, over there is going to be focusing on kind of trying to slow her down. I'm mm-hmm. guessing that's going to be the. Uh, the goal for them, and this is probably going to be a low-scoring game because Louisville is very strong defensively, very athletic, and if we're making predictions, I think Louisville pulls this one out. Okay. How about for Hebron? Hebron. Want to give big props to the Lady Hawks. You know, it's about time. <laughs> two years in a row they finished last. Last yeah, year they didn't even win a district game. Here they make the playoffs, and they didn't even really have to squeak in or anything. You know, they were in the playoffs, you know, 
by the halfway mark of district, it was pretty clear they were going to be a playoff team. So what a nice turnaround yeah, campaign! Big, big it's been a long time coming for the Lady yeah. Hawks. The question for Hebron is health. Um, I did their la- next to last game when they played Louisville, mm-hmm. and one of their junior guards, Sierra Dixon, she didn't play at all. And then their other junior guard, Deja Melton, she injured her wrist like halfway through. She tried to come back in, shot an air ball on a three, and the coach was like, no, you're not good right now. So they, t- they decided to rest her, so they're hoping to get healthy for this playoff run here. Um, Keller finished second. They have a nice little trio of scorers, Emma Taylor, Sydney McQuieter, and Cambridge Matthews. But kind of like the Louisville game, I just think they're going to have a tough time matching up with Hebron's, assuming Hebron is healthy. That's the thing, they're, yeah. uh, they're really quick. They're re- they can really shoot the ball. They can score. They can play defense. They press, get out in transition. So if they're healthy, I think Hebron's in a good spot to uh, to pull this one out too. I mean, quickly, just how much though does the dynamic change though if that backcourt is, is short-handed? I mean, huge. I mean, yeah. they're they're their leaders. They're their top scorers. They're you know they make things go defensively. The press is going to not run the same, especially mm-hmm. if Sierra's not out there because she didn't play at all in that Louisville game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those are three-year starters. They're juniors, but they're three-year starters, so it would change the dynamic a lot if either of them are out. All right. Let's, uh, let's see. Let's quickly talk about the matchup for, uh, for Marcus, the, the four-seed out, uh, out of District 6-6A. They draw the 5-6-A champion, Denton Geyer. Yes. Well, uh, thoughts on that matchup? I'm sounding the upset alarm here. Okay. Uh, Any I like, explain. I like the way this Marcus team's mm. playing. Um, you know, they didn't beat any of the, the top teams, but they were like they were. They gave MacArthur probably outside of Louisville their toughest games, mm-hmm. including losing by I think five or three in their le- second half. They also played Geyer in non-district, and Geyer won, but it was a close game, a three-point game. <coughs> and then when you look at like a Geyer, how they squared off against some of the common opponents, including MacArthur, you know they got drilled. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of I didn't have Marcus as a playoff team, but they definitely earned it and. I think they can pull off the upset here. Interesting. It's um, the one thing for um, for Hebron and Louisville if they uh, if they do score wins in their respective first round yeah. matchups. Friday the, um, it can be tough. Yeah. Or Thursday. The second round of the playoffs might not be as kind as you look at. Um, like we said, there's just a lot of star power in Region One out in Six A. You have in total, um, you know, six teams that are ranked in the uh, in at least last week's state poll from the TABC, including number one, number six, number three, number seven. So four of the top seven teams in the state reside in this region. Yep. And Louisville, should they get past Timber Creek, would draw number one ranked Cedar Hill. Hebron, should it defeat Keller, would draw number six ranked Duncanville, which yeah. just seeing Duncanville across the court, Duncanville I could know. be ranked, you know, 250th and it'd still be terrifying because yeah. of what that program can do come you, playoff time. You mentioned Cedar Hill. One funny thing I want to know. Look who they play in the first round. They play J.J. Pierce. Oh! Who played each other in, in football and pulled off the upset? With Cedar Hill was one of the top Interesting. The Good callback. I don't see this happening. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> nobody could have foreseen that football one coming out of there, but yeah, if the number one team in the state were to go down in the first round, that would be quite a shocker. Yeah. Let's, um, all right, so we can quickly now pivot a little bit to uh, to Region 2. We'll dive a bit more, you know, into the into the Planos and the Allens and the Saxies in a bit, but nevertheless, 
nevertheless, Brian, while we have you on, I want to talk Prosper because Prosper is a team that could, uh, you know, you think that the Lady Eagles figured a factor in pretty prominently into the equation out there in Region 2. Um, Prosper enters as the number two seed um, out of District 96A. Um, you know, this has been a... Uh, a little surprised they're not ranked either. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they spent most of the season ranked, yeah. and then they, um, it was kind of a, an unusual end of the season. You know, you had them having to forfeit a game to McKinney Boyd because they played in an eligible player. You know, they're, uh, you know, probably, let's say, what, their second, third best player. Scout Huffman gets hurt late yeah. in the season, and that, you know, and they uh, they, they she's definitely... Their, she's their size. She's yeah, their yeah. biggest player, for sure. So that's Definitely the good. anchor of the front court, sure. for sure. And they kind of, you know, stumble a bit, you know, down the you know down towards the finish line. Just t- kind of talk a bit about how you're feeling about the Lady Eagles as they prepare for this matchup against Rowlett. That is kind of disrespectful that they're not ranked. No, they were just behind Allen all season long in the rankings. And then if you probably expanded those rankings from 25 to 30, they're probably somewhere in that 26 to 30 range, I'm guessing. For sure, but Plano's 25. I mean, they'll, they'll probably be updated later today. These are from last week's yeah. rankings. But they just beat Plano. Granted, it was by one. Mm-hmm. But if you take away that forfeiture and take away that Allen buzzer beater, you know, again, they did lose to Plano West, though, as well, right? True. Mm-hmm. But if you take away that, you know, you're looking at a different ballgame. You're looking at Prosper potentially being district champion. Mm-hmm. You know, if they beat Allen in that oh, game yeah. and they don't, you know, they don't have the forfeit against McKinney Boyd, things are different. I think they're getting penalized for, for a couple things. And, you know, this very well could be, you know, they could be playing, you know, in Allen's bracket with, you know, Saxe and whatnot's all over there. But, but man, Prosper, they, I, I'm not saying they surprised a bunch of folks by the, the way that this season went, but, I mean, it was another great year. Jordan Oliver, when you have the number one ranked player in the state, uh, Baylor signee, you know, good things are going to happen. Yep. Uh, they've played Rollette before. That's their first-round matchup. They played them earlier in non-district play. They only won that game by six. Mm-hmm. But they had, a, I think, a, a 20-point lead in this game, and then Coach Rochelle kind of called off the dogs a little bit, that type of deal. I think Rollette was kind of switching some things out. Prosper was kind of trying some things out. So you didn't really get the real matchup, but – the way Prosper's playing right now, you know, especially in district play, playing teams like Plano, Plano West, Allen, just going through the gauntlet week in and week out, I don't think that game tomorrow has any any chance of being close between mm-hmm. Prosper and Rollett. It might be, and for reasons that we can get to later on, it might be a blessing in disguise that they're not, that True. they didn't get the top seed, because if you mm-hmm. just look at where the, uh, I guess, where the star power is in one half of the Region 2 bracket versus the other half, um, you know, if Prosper, you know, assuming that, you know, that we're saying, you know, Scott Huffman was hurt late in the season, you know, talking with head coach Trey Rochelle after their Plano, after the win over Plano, he anticipates they're coming back for the playoffs, you it's know, huge. don't know, you know, what, uh, what percentage she'll be at health wise but nevertheless to have that um you know just what she can bring you know to their from a scoring and rebounding standpoint in the paint i mean that's huge and if they are able to you know get past Rowlett, um you know it, it does set up for you know for them to you know be around for a bit Mm-hmm. In this, uh, and, and then it would be a, a third-round matchup against Plano. If yeah, again, if this is all you know hypothetical, but if Plano and Prosper each win their first two matchups, take they care will, of business that they yeah, should take care. They will be uh, they would they we could get a rubber match in the third round. Which and that would be, third round which was the Achilles heel for Prosper last year because mm-hmm. they had to play Lone Star, and that was a great mm-hmm. game. You know, Lone Star that had Mallory Adams that was number three in the state, yeah. and then Lone Star barely edged them in that game. So. They could get some some revenge, so to speak, in a third-round matchup against Plano. And then things would get really fun 
uh, after that, if you know whoever comes out and with Allen and like I mentioned, Saxy and stuff mm-hmm. on the on the other oh, end. Yeah, because you've got yeah, you have Allen, you have Saxy, you have Fl- you know Flugerville Hendrickson, who's number two in the state. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of strong programs in the bottom half of this region. And um, yeah, let's we can pick it up right there. So we'll, um, we're going to do a quick line change, bring in Devin Hassan and Taylor Raglan to break down the uh, the rest of Region Two out in Six A, and we will uh, shift gears in a moment. And we have our first line change as we now uh, continue our discussion of uh, girls' basketball playoffs. We're talking 6A Region 2. We've got Taylor Raglan and Devin Hassan uh, to break down the landscape for Plano ISD, for Allen, for Saxe, Rowlett, um, including a, uh, well, let's see. Let's start with the matchup that you both have a... Uh, Another one. Have a, uh, have a dog in the hunt for. We just we, did this in the fall. I know. <laughs> this, uh, this budding playoff rivalry between Saxe and Plano East, only separated by, uh, what would you say, about 10 minutes or so? 10, yeah, 15 Oddly enough, schools. I think I think uh, they may. Is it even closer than Plano Senior? It I know it's closer than Plano. Yeah, West. I think oh, it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, when you factor in the uh, the highway and all that. But um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's happening again. Plano East and Saxe. They uh, let's see. This one is set for. Uh, this is a Tuesday matchup, seven o'clock at. Richardson? Richardson, Richardson High, High School. School. Okay, um, so yeah, let's. This is maybe the. Uh, there might not be a, a greater matchup that embodies the youth versus experience <laughs> <laughs> cliche than Plano East versus Saxe. So, um, Devin, let, yeah, let's start with uh, with Saxe, a program that has been on the. Uh, they've been waiting for this part of the season for for quite some time, especially in the heels of what happened last year with their first ever state tournament appearance. Um, just kind of size up how the Lady Mustangs are at heading into the uh, into their first round matchup against East. Well, again, you pointed it out. They've been waiting for almost a full year um, since that first uh, trip to the state uh, tournament. Uh, They lost a very close game to Conference Judson, uh, a game that I felt that they were the better team. Mm -hmm. Uh, A Conference Judson team that then pushed eventual champion Plano to the very brink up before Plano was able to pull it out. Um, And Saxe returned all five starters from that team. Uh, They have two seniors, uh, Avery Krause, who we spoke with, um, Kayla Demas, Mm -hmm. and they have three juniors. Uh, Jayla Brooks, Tia Harvey, and Ed Heltek, their, po- uh, their post. Um, again, their entire starting lineup intact from last year. And they've been on a mission uh, all season long. They're 30-4. and four. They're ranked number five in the state uh, in the latest state poll. Uh, really lived up to the billing. Um, even when you look at their losses, their four losses, two to Allen. Uh, a team they could see down the road. Yep. Uh, a couple of rounds. Oh, and but both of those were very close games. Okay. Uh, they lost to DeSoto, who's the number three team in the Class 6A state poll, and they lost to Frisco Lone Star, who's the number five team in the Class 5A state poll. So, um, you know, they test themselves early. Uh, you know, they, they rolled through that district as many people kind of thought they mm-hmm. would. Uh, I mean, I think their average margin of victory was a little bit over 30 points. Um, so it's been a while since they've got they, they got a serious test, which Plano East will obviously serve up. Yeah. But again, I, I don't think you can discount that experience and oh, having how been could there. You? How could and you? Um, this team knows how to win. And I, I think that they learned last year how to kind of elevate their game in the playoffs, which teams need to do. And um, I think they draw on that experience, and that's going to be a huge positive going mm-hmm. against a very good Plano East team coming out of arguably maybe the best district in the state. This East team was at one point ranked as high as what was it like number two oh, in the state by the TGCA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were they were making they were turning some heads early on in the season, and you know this is a uh, the dynamic of this East team is you can get into Taylor. I mean, you know what Tavi Diggs brings yep. to the table, one of the best players in the Metroplex, um, one of the best post players in this district, and then it's just been um, just 
kind of monitoring how the uh, the youth around her, how they, uh, you know, how a lot of their underclassmen, it's a very, very young team over at East, yep. how they've kind of grown up throughout the season. And, um, yeah, it's definitely not a traditional one-versus-four matchup, you know, with Saxy obviously being, you know, being Saxy. I mean, no matter what, they were going to get a team out of 968 that was yeah. going to be far above the expected caliber of a of a number four seed. So, yeah, Taylor, just kind of talk a bit about kind of how you feel the uh, the Lady Panthers are holding up right now as they get embark on their their third consecutive playoff appearance. Well, first it's interesting because I mean you say youth versus experience, but then you have Tabby too. So mm-hmm. I mean it's a, it's an interesting dynamic because there is so much youth and and so much coming back for Plano East, but at the same time this is the last time you know that you get to run Tabby Diggs out on the floor because mm-hmm. you know she's moving on going to TCU obviously probably going to do tremendous things at the college level, oh, but yeah. you know so it's a weird dynamic where. You know, you want a good playoff run for her, but then at the same time, you know you have, you know, the, the Ada Anamekwes of the world and Kendall Parker, even Kayla Cooper, Tiana Amos. Like, those are all girls that, freshmen and sophomores, that are going to be coming back and, and making this team largely the same heading into next season, mm-hmm. minus Tabby. But kind of the story of district play was how up and down they were. You know, That's what you'd expect out of a team with that much yeah, youth. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They started one and two, I think, and then, and then rattled five in a row off. Um, and then finished like one and four with losses to Prosper, Allen, mm-hmm. Plano, you know, and then Plano West getting, you know, Jaden Owens back. And, and that team, you know, talk about a team that, that was left out of the postseason through really no fault of its own. I mean, it, it's just bad luck mm-hmm. that, that Jaden was hurt for so long because uh, obviously that team has, you know, the ability to, to play with pretty much anybody. But yeah, it's going to be a story of, of what supporting cast shows up around Tabby. Um, you know, you know what she's going to bring most nights. She's had a couple of rough spots against you know the Jordan Olivers of the world that that have kind of shut her down a little bit this season, but you know, shut her down. She's still going to get her 12 to 14 points, probably minimum. Yeah, and you don't ever actually and, shut yeah, down Tabby Diggs. Yeah, and, and be, and be a, a, a hard to handle inside yeah. and get her boards and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, what is what is what do the Kayla Coopers and Kendall Parkers mm-hmm. of the world do? What does, you know, Ada Anna Mekwe do when she gets her minutes? It, it's going to be that um, dynamic, I guess. So, you know, it, it's tough to tell. Like I said, I mean, if the team that won five in a row in district shows up, then... You know, we could have a really good one if the team that went one and two and then one and four to kind of book in district shows up, then then who knows? So Well and, and let me ask you this, because you mentioned Tabby Diggs. Um, one thing that kind of jumped out to me, I saw I saw Saxy mm-hmm. play on Tuesday. Uh Rylette crashed the boards mm-hmm. um, on the offensive end. And that's one thing where Saxy looked a little bit vulnerable. Because yeah. Saxy does play four guards. Mm-hmm. And Adel Tech is a six one post and she's a very good rebounder, but they like to, to use their guards to, mm-hmm. to rebound and then push the ball in transition yeah. and, and get out there and move. But if a team has enough height mm-hmm. to control the boards, that number one, Saxy can't you know, yeah. get on the break. And number mm-hmm. two, they're, they're getting second and third chances. Yeah. So outside of Tabby, is, are, are they a good rebounding team? I think it, it kind of begins and ends with Tabby in a lot of ways, especially inside. I mean, she she's willing to go to those areas, and she can get it done by herself a lot. But then you have, you know, the Kayla Coopers that are kind of more perimeter players they can score and they can get to the basket but you know they're not as they're not as able to mix it up like Tabby yeah. can and obviously experience is a part of that too you know Tabby's very experienced in that part of her game and knows that that's her strength so you know it, it'll be interesting it's not that that any of them I mean obviously they're talented you know they they can they'll go mix it up and, and in the playoffs you never know people are asked to do <laughs> asked to do things that they wouldn't normally and step up and do things that you wouldn't expect them to normally but you know, it's it's going to come down for me to, you know, how good can Tabby be inside? How dominant can she be? Um, and then, you know, when she needs somebody to make a shot, you know, the Kayla Cooper's out of the perimeter, when, mm-hmm. when she gets an open look, is she going to knock it down and kind of, you know, Kendall Parker and, and all those yeah. guys that, that have kind of been there 
during when East has gone well, that's kind of been the formula, I think. Two names to kind of keep an eye on if you're speaking specifically about rebounding. Nina Ritchie and Ada yeah. Anamekwe. Those are two yeah. that if I think that if there's going to be anyone to help give Tabby some support on the glass, it would be those two. Yeah. And they do have the, yeah, I mean, Anamekwe is just an absolute spark plug off the bench. Yeah. And, you know, Ritchie, I mean, she, I, you know, I saw her play. I've seen East, what, I think two, three times yeah. this year. And, you know, she, I mean, she can get you. you know, on a good night, she can get you eight to ten rebounds. Yeah. She missed almost all of last year, I think, right? Or did mm-hmm. miss all of last year and, yeah. and has really come back and been a good a good uh, consistent piece. I mean, she's not going to blow anybody away, but she's been very good at, at playing a role alongside Tabitha. This is this is the third straight year that East has made the playoffs, fourth time in five years. This is the fourth straight playoff appearance that East enters as the number four seed out of the district. So just for the sake of maybe laying a little bit of groundwork, what does history say about how East has fared as a four seed recently? They're, um, they're one and two in their past, uh, which is, hey, that's good. If you get one win, yeah. that's a four seed. I mean, so, but here's... From a sheer score standpoint, last year they drew Flower Mound, district champ out of 5-6A. Lost 51-48. to Not bad. Year before that, they beat Euless Trinity 41-39. to And then the year before, I guess two years prior to that then, they lost to Keller 62-56. to So history yeah. says that despite, you know, obviously most teams try to go out of their way to avoid the four seed, and obviously by obviously East would have loved to do that, but this district was just that freaking good this year. Um, but nevertheless, they they typically hold up all right in these matchups. So we'll see. Obviously, Saxe is probably of a bit of a... a a different, uh, different animal relative to those other three teams, given their uh, again that experience. There isn't, a, there isn't a roster in this play, po- in this postseason. I think as experienced as Saxy. So no. we'll interesting to see how that uh, how that shakes out. So let's see. All right, let's look at a couple other teams that we have in this region. Let's look at the uh, speaking of uh, teams that had a lot of experience last year and then turn that into something special. Uh, Plano Senior, Plano Senior, yeah. very much like Saxy, had their entire rotation back last season, and look what happened. They won a state championship from it, and the. Uh, I guess the title defense officially begins tonight against, uh, uh, they square off against Lakeview Centennial. This one tips off at 7 o'clock out at Berkner. Um, the Lady Wildcats, they uh, they come in winners of four of their last five, the one blemish being that overtime loss to, uh, to Prosper that we mentioned earlier on in the podcast. Great game, probably the best basketball game I've seen in 2019 so far. Solid, solid game. Um, they finished tied for second place. You know, they lost a coin flip with Prosper, hence them being the three seed out of District uh, District Nine Six A. Much like last year, you know, despite that experience, you know, Plano was a team that, you know, at times they would really lean. They put a lot of minutes on their starters last year, and even though a lot of those starters have since graduated, it's kind of the same, you know, mo for uh, for head coach Rodney Belcher. You know, Jordan Merritt, Zaria Collins, you know, one of the best one-two punches yeah. of any team in the in the area. Then you've got players like Maggie Robbins and Michaela Eddins who have stepped into starting roles, and they uh, they bring such unique skill sets mm-hmm. to the table um, that it's it's a Plano team that, despite what they lost. From last year is still proven to be, you know, among the among the better programs in the state. Um, and again, to finish second nine six A, and just the, the momentum that they carry into this. I mean, even though they lost to Prosper, that was a game that Zari Collins didn't play in, and they um, they had three kids that fouled out in that game. So by the time it, you know, you got down into crunch time, and you have Jordan Oliver doing her thing in overtime. Uh, Plano has one starter <laughs> that is on the floor, that being Sarah Bowles. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see what because that because that game against Prosper. Was a bit of a departure from how Belcher has approached most of the uh, most of the season. They didn't run much zone against Prosper, if any. They was uh, this plan was a team that has run zone for the overwhelming majority of the season. They went with um, a lot of man and a lot of just kind of trapping press stuff against the Lady Eagles. And then um, Belcher played more of a kind of a traditional rotation as far as his 
substitution patterns go. Um, in the first meeting against Prosper, they um, the starters played all but five seconds. So Belcher, I mean, if the, if the starters don't get in foul trouble, then he's not afraid to put some heavy minutes on them. And, I mean, they're talented starters, so it makes all the sense in the world. But um, I'm anxious to kind of see if that was just him kind of trying some new stuff out, or how much of that kind of carries over into the into the playoffs. Because um, like you know, like we alluded to uh, beforehand, there's a chance that they could see uh, see Prosper in the third round for a rubber match. <laughs> um, but yes, I think as far as just kind of looking at to what to expect out of Plano for the postseason, again, I think the starters staying out of foul trouble is simply mm-hmm. what I mean. Those starters, if they're able to go full tilt, they can hang with you think just about any team in this region, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, you look at them, that versus a team like Allen, which, you know, gets rolling uh, yeah. tonight as well. They, uh, they're at Lovejoy against Wiley, a former, uh, former district rival. Um, this Allen team really, uh, really righted the ship over the back half of district play, looking like the team that I think we envisioned they mm-hmm. could be at the start of the uh, season when we, um, I believe it was unanimous, we picked them to win the district championship. Yep. And even though it looked a little bit rocky there midway through <laughs> the season, after yep. they're getting run off, the, uh, run off the floor by Prosper, Allen, um, Allen ran the table over the second half of district, and they've won their last seven games in total. They have an average margin of victory of 12.5 points over that span. Um, obviously, when you think of Allen and just what they can do from an offensive standpoint, it all starts with Nia Green, five-star prospect, committed to Louisville, McDonald's All-American, one of the absolute best players in the uh, in the country. Um, you know, She is averaging over 20 points per game during that stretch and is uh, coming off a 35-point effort against Plano West. Um, also, just as key and you know, this is a player that's you know her progress is kind of you know noteworthy to to monitor because um you know the first game that I saw of Allen was back um, in the finals of their host tournament when um, I think it was yeah they played um, this this private school juggernaut out of Maryland New Hope um, and Tyler Jackson you know who is one of the key returners for Allen suffered what looked to be a pretty gruesome knee injury and you're thinking at the time like she might be out for the season and turns out she was only out for a few weeks but <laughs> nevertheless though she has really kind of seemed to come back into her own though down the stretch um, you know during the uh, you know to round out the regular season and just to get her going as the uh, as the as the option B to Nia Green's A I mean I think that that changes the dynamic for this Allen team because I mean you know what you're going to get out of Nia and trust me I mean Nia has to be she has to be great because there's I believe there was a stat that I you know tried it out where if Nia Green's scores this many points they're undefeated and if she scores less than that they haven't won in district well and, and, and you, you you saw that last year though as far as, far as getting a key piece back with that planet team yes Lolo davenport came back but in her absence other people had to step mm-hmm. up and then she just was an added bonus at the end of the year you feel that's the same way with alan yeah. the other girls that had to step up in her absence with with alan their entire rotation has kind of been evolving throughout the course of the season like i you know i saw them again i saw them in district play against plano i saw them against east against prosper and then you know a couple weeks later when i saw them against east uh, just two weeks had passed it was a completely different rotation completely different uh, uh you know they, they were running zone i hadn't seen them run zone yet all season i mean it's a team that is definitely trying to experiment with what it can to uh, to right the ship, but yeah, you're seeing you know players like Alyssa Tarpley, just a freshman, but she got slotted into the starting lineup, and she's been you know she's a you know maybe their best you know three point shooter despite just being a freshman. I mean, they've it's Allen, so you know that they're going to have depth as well, and you see that with players like Amy Taylor, Grace Woodruff. Um, you know, they've got some uh, obviously lots of lots of talent there, and um, just to see it all kind of come together because it was a team that we we knew they had this kind of a ceiling um, to where they could theoretically they have the potential to get to the regional finals and whatnot. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, if we're just looking over the uh, you know the rest of this bracket, we kind of alluded to it earlier. But the um, the star power in region two definitely presides in the bottom half of uh, of this bracket because you look over that you have number five Saxy, you have number sixteen Allen, number twelve Cypress Ranch, and number two Flugerville Hendrickson all in one half of the bracket. So and that was that's uh, you know Hendrickson it was a team that Saxy beat in the regional finals mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, versus you know the top half of the region two bracket which has Plano which was ranked. 25th in the last uh, TABC poll, and then Prosper, who had spent most of the season ranked as well. So, um, yeah, you're definitely going to have uh, some pretty, uh, it's definitely going to be a bit of a gauntlet. <laughs> well, and, and even in that bottom half, you, it's really hard to say because we don't see him, but how good is that Waco, Midray, uh, Coppers Cove, yeah. Colleen district? True. Uh, you know, sometimes you may see teams that beat each other up, and they may go 0-4 in the first round. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they come out like juggernauts also, oh, yeah. and, and they may go. And one team I also wanted to mention uh, in the bottom half of that bracket is Horn, mm-hmm. um, who has beaten two state rank opponents, who is a co-district champion, uh, who's got two excellent players in Nye Boyd, Jasmine Shavers, a very deep rotation. And um, if Saxe's fortunate enough to get past Plano Ways, and if Horn can beat Copper's Cove, you know, Saxy might be thinking Allen, maybe, you know, third time to charms. They beat, but they can't look past Horn if yeah. they happen to run into Horn because Horn uh, is a team that they did beat. Saxy did beat them early in the year. But Horn is a very athletic, very talented team uh, that has playoff experience of their own. And um, that would be a tricky second-round matchup for, for any team if, if they're fortunate mm-hmm. to get that far. We don't know about that Central Texas region or, or district. So uh, they, could, they could come out and surprise, surprise you as well and make some noise in that region. Quickly, before we uh, close out this portion of the podcast, Rowlett, do they have anything to slow the Jordan Oliver train? I, who does? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it's one of those Rowlett's. Uh, these two teams did play earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those early season matchups, it's so hard to tell because you're still tweaking rotations and, and, and subbing some players out that may not play. Um, I think Rowlett's philosophy is going to be let her get what she gets and let's shut everybody else down. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the best strategy because Rowlett doesn't have a single player that can, or, or I mean, they can double team her all game long, which might be what they choose to do, but I think she's going to get hers. Um, I think Rowlett needs to focus on this game. Uh, Nagazio Obaneki, they're, you know, their point guard, senior point guard, their leader, uh, they're going to rely on her to run things, uh, to get her mm-hmm. teammates involved, uh, and that's going to be the way they, they, you know, I guess spring an upset, so to speak. I think they're you can make an argument about seeding because Prosper and Plano flipped coin. Well, so did Rowlett and Lakeview. Mm-hmm. So you basically had you know four teams that are all tied for second. Yeah. In respect of in, but I think Prosper is certainly the favorite in this game. Uh, but you know Rowlett, I got to give them a fighting chance. I mean they do have uh, a talent on that team, and I, I think if they execute their game plan, that certainly gives them a shot. All right, let's um, let's let's talk some uh, some student athletes spotlighting for this. We uh, we mentioned Saxy early on. Saxy, a team that has very lofty expectations for the postseason, and they were the subject of the student athlete spotlight. Their uh, their standout uh, guard forward. I mean, where do we where do we slot every Kraus? Yeah, guard, guard. Okay, she, she can she can play a little forward. One, of the, one, of, the, one of the better shooters in the state, pound yes. for pound, Avery yes. Kraus. Um, yeah, Devin had a chance to talk with Avery about the Lady Mustang season to this point, and yeah, we'll see what she had to say after a word. From the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. 
Hey y'all, this is Devin Hassan with the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. We're at a sexy high school talking to Avery Krause, one of the standout players for the sexy girls basketball team as they head into the playoffs uh, tomorrow night against Plano East, 7 o'clock at Richardson High School. Uh, sexy coming off a state tournament appearance last season. Hoping to duplicate that. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But I kind of want to go back with you. Um, you know, y'all grow up together. You play on these, you know, elementary school, middle school teams. You got a special group. You got you're one of two seniors on the team. You got three junior starters. Going back, kind of looking back, when did you think this had a, 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 the potential to be a special team? Um, I would have to say right uh, whenever our juniors now got here. So my sophomore year, um, the change from my freshman to sophomore year was just amazing. We instantly had chemistry whenever they got to the team. And um, even though we didn't go as far as we would have liked my sophomore year, I knew that the next year like we could do something special. And we ended up going to state. So Now, you're, you're a four-year uh, varsity player. How many district games have you lost? Zero. So if I if I would have told you four years ago that you're going to go through four years and never lose a district game, would you have thought me crazy, or did you think that potential was there? Um, I probably would have thought you were a little crazy, um, <laughs> but it's been amazing. I can't believe that I actually went undefeated all four years here, but I'm glad I did. Is that something that y'all, that y'all talked about during the course? Because I, I talked about the streak in my stories for mm-hmm. whatnot. Is that something that y'all talked about, keeping kind of keeping that momentum going, keeping that streak going? Um, surprisingly, it was only this year that we actually like, kept track, like my freshman, sophomore, and junior year. Um, I was aware that I hadn't lost, but I didn't know like the record until <laughs> this year. And we kept doing, okay, like this is 50-0. and 0. Oh, now it's 51-0. and 0. And it ended up um, 52-0, and 0, I think. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, something like that for me. I know it's a little more for Coach McCullough, but so, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and as far as your older sister played here, mm-hmm. your dad's coach. Mm-hmm. Where do you get your influence from? One of those two, or somebody else? Uh, I think it'd definitely be from my dad. He's been my basketball mentor and life mentor, but basketball mentor and coach for like as long as I can remember. Um, from the beginning, since I played basketball and like third grade I think is when I started um, he's been my coach and been my mentor since the beginning so definitely him and how special is that having him I mean is just you know he, he's a coach obviously but being mm-hmm. at the same school how special has that been um it has its ups <laughs> and downs but he's even though he's not a girls coach I can always pick his voice out of the crowd when I'm playing and um so it's been very special just having him here and by my side the whole time Okay, and I've seen you play numerous times over the years. I've seen you do a lot of different things. You can shoot, obviously. I've seen, you know, you've been able to defend well. How do you describe your game? Um, I take pride in my shooting and my defense as well, but I've also worked um, a lot this past year on not only being a shooter and getting to the rack more and shooting off the dribble. So um, I would describe myself as first a shooter, but hopefully also I can add to my game. And be more than just a shooter. And what was you guys your game? Um, I think I've added a lot as well, like um, getting to the rack a lot more. Um, so that's been good. And just being an overall scorer is how I would describe myself now. Okay. And as far as is how you fit into the team, I mean, you, you guys have been together for three years, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what, what is it that makes this team so successful? Um, it's our chemistry, for sure. Um, we have absolutely no drama, no... Um, beef between the girls I guess you could say 
Um, just from the jump, it's always been great chemistry. Everyone supports each other. Everyone loves each other. So I think that's what separates us from a lot of other teams. Now, last year, y'all made San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, went on a great run. Um, along the way, I wanted to ask you about that game against Fluterville in the regional semifinals, yes. which was just one of the most mind-blowing games I've ever seen because y'all were getting crushed. Yes. It was 27-4, <laughs> to 4, and then all of a sudden y'all flipped switch and just dominated from that point forward. What did you learn from that game? Um, I learned that never give up, no matter how down you are. Um, I know that me and some of the other girls, we were very down in the beginning of the game. We thought our playoff streak was going to be over after that game. But um, after halftime, we had a big speech from Coach McCullough, and we just picked it back up. We came out, jumped on him, and it was crazy to be a part of. Um, I honestly couldn't believe that we were doing it, but we did, and we ended up coming out on top. So that was a great game to learn from. And, and, and just the experience of going to state, being down there in that atmosphere, um, it, it's, it, you know, it's an experience you never forget, but you have another chance to get back. What do you take from that experience as far as going forward this year? Um, Well, last year, the whole playoff streak in general taught us a lot. Um, It taught us that no matter how down you get, you always have to play together. Um, Even when you get to state, you know, it's a very different atmosphere. And just the arena itself is a lot bigger than anything we're used to playing in. Um, So it's easy to get really nervous and, like, ahead of yourself. But I think what I learned the most is you just have to focus on what your goal of the game is and um, not put too much pressure on the game and just realize that it's just another game. And if you win, you get to go to the state finals, which I hope is what we get to do today. Or this year, <laughs> not today. But yeah. <laughs> Well, and I know y'all been waiting. You can't look ahead. You've got to take yeah. care of, of one game at a time yes. and, and district. You know, but, but now the time's arrived as far as um, the playoffs go. Uh, how excited are, are y'all about the chance to get to, to return, to, to potentially to re- return to San Antonio? Um, it's really exciting. Um, we know that this year we're going to have a more difficult route to get to state. But nonetheless, I think we can still, if we take it game by game and just focus on our goal, um, I think it's a it's difficult, but it's definitely doable. Um, so I just hope that we get it together, we play together, we play hard, and we win each game one by one and return to state. Fantastic. Well, good luck to you. Um, I think that's wrapping up from Sexy High School. Avery Krause, thank you so much for joining us on the Star Local Media Podcast. This is Devin Hassan signing off, and now back to the podcast. Thanks to Avery Krauss for taking the time to chat with Devin for our student athlete spotlight. And uh, gentlemen, let's continue our uh, our girls basketball playoff discussion. Our uh, our latest line change has uh, Justin Thomas back in to talk uh, alongside Taylor Raglan as we go uh, class five A and Region One. We've got uh, we've got just two teams in Region One, but nevertheless, want to give them their due diligence, discuss their uh, their playoff futures. We will uh, devote this portion to talking the Colony and Lake Dallas as they get their playoff campaigns rolling tonight. Actually, uh, the Colony draws uh, Colleyville Heritage. The Colony fresh off a district championship in 8-5A. They draw Heritage as the four seed out of District Seven. Uh, meanwhile, you have uh, Lake Dallas as the third seed out of 85A they draw state ranked Boswell so uh, Justin let's start with the uh, with the Lady Cougars I was surprised when I looked over the TABC rankings to not, to not see them state ranked yeah. it must have been that uh, that slip up that they had in district against Denton that kind of knocked them down a peg but um but never but they were never ranked really before that loss either well, so uh, yeah. it feels like they should have been there yeah. it's like they've had a they've had a pretty solid regular season nevertheless though let's um this kind of size up where you feel like the Lady Cougars are at and just kind of talk a bit about just the uh, the road ahead for uh, for the colony yeah well they get Colleyville Heritage uh, tonight at Coppell mm-hmm. um, 
they've played playoff games there before, so I guess they like the uh, Coppell Arena. Who wouldn't like that arena? Yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. That is a top-flight gym. Um, so, yeah, they're uh, district champions, second time in the last three years, and they get a Colleyville Heritage team that actually made the regional tournament last mm-hmm. season, and they're in the playoffs for the 11th year in a row. So wow. pretty good tradition going on over there at Colleyville Heritage. But um, actually went out when we did our podcast last week, and when, I, when we talked to the Colony Boys players for the podcast, and I saw Coach Pastisic there and was kind of getting a little scouting report. And she said Colleyville's maybe a little banged up. I think one of their better players is injured. I'm not sure if she's going to play or not. Mm-hmm. But So that's going to slow them down a little bit, and they were already a fourth-place team. And it just seems like they're going to have a tough time containing the athleticism and speed of the Colony, especially their you know standout backcourt of Jewel, and Jewel Spear and Tamia Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the Colony is in pretty good shape here to get out of the first round. But then when you look at the next round, they're going to have a tough matchup probably with Crowley. Yeah. Um, I think what they're ranked twelfth, twelfth, yeah. yeah. <coughs> so that's going to be a tough one in the second round. But I think tonight, I, th- I, I don't see them getting slipped up by Colleyville Hunters. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to move on to the second round and see what happens. I know Coach Pastizic was also kind of looking ahead and saying that Crowley has a really, they're really tough to play in Crowley. So Ooh. it's going to be a big coin flip there because I know the Colony doesn't want to have to play an actual road game there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, if you're just looking over just uh, just the region and how many state ranked teams are in are in this specific region, there's definitely a lot of a lot of star power yeah. in uh, in Region One, including the top two ranked teams in the state. Yeah, in, uh, n- number one Timberview and number two Amarillo, obviously two teams that are very very familiar with deep playoff runs yeah. and have a uh, yeah have some strong tradition there as well. Um, I mean, it's it's not going to be easy either way for the Colony because even yeah. if they are able to get by, uh, you know, if they get by Heritage and then assuming they draw Crowley, if they yeah. were able to take down Crowley, who, like we said, is ranked number 12 in the state. You're looking at potentially Birdville, number 19, or number 24, Mansfield Legacy. Yeah. I mean, in total, there are seven teams ranked in the state's top 25. They're in Region 1. That is tied for the most of, um, of all four regions during the playoffs. So, um, nevertheless, the one of those teams is, uh, yeah. is Boswell, which is a nice way to transition into some talk about Lake Dallas and the challenge ahead for the, for the Lady Falcons. I think, above all else, this is just going to be a nice building block for oh, yeah. a program that Absolutely. obviously fancied itself as a playoff team, but just considering that the entire starting five is going to be back next mm-hmm. season, this can only be viewed as a win for Lake Dallas to get this experience against a, a high-caliber program like Boswell. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it reminds me of the volleyball team, too, honestly, the same yeah. situation. I think they also played it by Nelson when I was out there covering their um, first-round playoff loss, and you know that was, that was semi-competitive, too, but like you said, very similar. I mean, this is a team that they felt they were good enough to make postseason. Here they are. They could have been the two seed. They got the three seed by virtue of a coin flip. So it wasn't like they, you know, played their way into the third seed. It was literally just the flip of a coin that, that didn't end up winning. Um, and, and yeah, they draw Boswell. The one thing that that head coach Catherine Madison said about Boswell is they're very intense. Um, they they like to pressure. They like to you know play in a way that makes you uncomfortable. So. She was like, basically, you know, if if my young team, you know, two juniors and, and Dory Norris and Joe Elliott, and then basically all freshmen that start, although mm-hmm. Senior Ari Hoos has, has also stepped up as of late and started down low and, okay. and played really well, um, but Allie Buchanan obviously plays down there too, and they, they've kind of been splitting time a little bit, but, you know, in any case, a bunch of freshman uh, contributors, and then obviously the two juniors that have been there um, before got bounced in the first round last year in a, in a tough one against uh, mm-hmm. Lone Star, I believe, so... 
It's it's just going to be about the response, I think, to that to that pressure. That's all that that's all that Madison said she wants to see. She's like, if, win or lose, we can we can walk out of the gym and feel good about where we're going if we respond to what they try to do. If we kind of play with that same intensity, we come out, we're physical, we kind of rise to the occasion. You know, even if we lose, then you know it's it's a building block and it's something to to work from. So you know, a good year for Lake Dallas, regardless of what happens. I don't think it's crazy that they, they compete in this game. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? They have a lot of talent. Um, if the freshmen show up and, and don't have a bunch of jitters and, and play from the jump, then then who knows? But, you know, obviously it's you know it's going to be a tough road through number 20 Boswell, who beat number 19 Birdville during district. I think they were 1-1, one and one, so those two teams are, are pretty close, and I think Birdville ended up winning the district. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough one, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, you never know. Now, did Lake Dallas finish tied for second with yep. Denton, and there was a coin flip yep. that they lost? Okay. Yep. So if there is any sort of silver lining, and if they were able to score the upset over Boswell, then you know, if they were the two seed, then by virtue of winning the first round matchup, you would have drawn mansfield Timberview yeah. in the second round. Yep. So there is at least that, that silver that lining. Is. If they are able to score the upset over Boswell, not having to see the number one team in the yeah, state. It's always interesting when, when teams win coin flips, like which way they want to go, because mm. obviously... Um, you know, the coach over and then took the number two seed. But, you know, I've heard of teams that are like, yeah. mm, why don't I just take the three? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we don't have to see them if we win. But, yeah, no, they, they gave the, the Lady Falcons the three seed. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Also got uh, still plenty more to discuss, though, as far as what is happening in Frisco for the playoffs. Ditto for, uh, for the Mesquite area, McKinney North as well. And we have uh, one more line change uh, to talk 5A Region 2. We'll bring in Brian Murphy, Kendrick Johnson, and Devin Hassan to round out the podcast. And we will uh, send it over to them in a moment. All right, welcome back. Another line change once again. Bringing on uh, Kendrick Johnson. I think Devin, you were already here, so I'm getting confused. It's like hockey with the line changes right now. Uh, but I'm Brian Murphy. I'm back. Uh, we'll be talking 5A Region Two um, playoffs tipping off tonight. Uh, pinning off, pinning some of our teams against each other. You know, McKinney North. They squeaked into the playoffs. Yes, it does. They got okay. the place, but. Um, they um, won two of the, la- the last uh, three of the last four games to kind of play their best ball. Mm-hmm. They have not had a full roster since like the second game of the year. Really? Yeah, they had they had one um, girl. Let me get my name right. Uh, Monica Horn. She's been out the whole year. She came back. She was got hurt the second game. She came back the last game. What was her injury? She had like a shoulder, like a labrum. Ooh, okay. And um, she came back, got a double double last game. She's a post presence. Um, their uh, second leading scorer, uh, Chelsea Wooten, she's been edited out. She's had several injuries. Mm-hmm. And then um, they even had um, their lead scorer, Mario Phil. She's been necked there, but she's been playing. She's been like 27 points a game in district. She go get she go get you some twenty seven a game. Well, <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna need all twenty seven and then some that's why against Frisco Liberty <laughs> because um, North's record is eleven and twenty, but. Like on on the paper, it's like well, it's a laughable game, but they have a, a history to fall back on. This to be the tenth consecutive season this program has been in the playoffs. So these girls are used to playing in the playoffs, even though they had a down year this year. And Coach Hamilton, I know she'll have some scheme cooked up, and um, I know they're not favorite, but they'll probably slow this game down to give themselves a chance because they definitely can't run with 
Frisco. They don't want them to say the least. To say the least. So speaking of teams that are you know in the playoffs, you know every year. I don't remember the last time Frisco Liberty did not make the playoffs. You know they're in the regional tournament almost every season, and they're you know they're in a good spot to to make another deep playoff run. And McKinney North is standing in their way. Liberty, they you know they're soaring high. They just beat Frisco Lone Star in the district finale. They beat them pretty. Pretty good. Uh, after, let down. <laughs> yeah, after after losing to them in overtime the first time they played, Frisco Lone Star is number five in the state. Frisco Liberty is number eleven. This team is you know loaded. They you know they have a stud and Randy Thompson, and then they have a bunch of other girls that could be you know starters on just about any other team. They I run mean, about that, that Lone Star team we saw a couple years ago when they had. Um, Mallory, uh, was Mallory Adams, who's and at and San and Diego State, and, and Adrian Quezada. And, and the future uh, MVP. Possibly. Possibly. Well, that could be for another another uh, <laughs> another debate there. But, yeah, no, Frisco Liberty, they're loaded. They run about 10, 11 deep. They have a freshman who's come in, Jazzy Owens. Uh, she's a spark plug, sixth man off the bench. She'll, she'll guard your best uh, player on defense. She'll get some buckets. Like I said, you have Randy Thompson. And then Kaylin Lay, very underrated point guard. Very important. I love it. You know, they they have – so Kelsey Kurek is probably about 5'10". Randy Thompson's about 5'11"-ish or so, and she's kind of their guard. They're very guard. athletic. They're very athletic and very well coached. They're a machine. They can shoot threes. They can get buckets in a variety of ways. I I, I don't know anything about McKinney North basketball, but I don't see what, what, this one being close. What you put the point spread at? Okay, so to put it in perspective, Liberty beat – Teams like Frisco Centennial, who was the third seed in the playoffs, they beat them pretty good the first time they played by over 20. Other than that, they were beating teams in Frisco by 30, 40, 50 points. And they just beat Lone Star by double digits. Or by nine, I think it was, in the final game of the district play. So don't be surprised if this one is a good uh, 30, 30 plus. No one's out here that. You know, just just contact me. I'll, I'll leave my uh, my number on the, the final schedule. <laughs> Uh, another one of this uh, in this in this bracket here uh, to note: Denison plays Frisco Centennial um, Tuesday. That one could be a good game there. Um, Frisco Centennial, really good year, finishing third uh, in the district. They played really really well against teams not named Frisco Lone Star, not Frisco Liberty. Even though they did take Lone Star to overtime uh, earlier this year, Denison uh, believe they're eight and two in that district, and the, all, the only two losses came. To Wiley East, so that one has potential to being a good game there. Uh, let's move down to the bottom half of this bracket with uh, one of your teams, Devin Mesquite Poteet, sitting pretty there in the playoffs. Who, who are they? Who are they up against? They are going to be taking on Midlothian, the yeah. fourth uh, seed out of fourteen five A. Poteet, you know, kind of a, I guess a sleeper team. In, in a sense that when you look at that region as a whole, uh, the Frisco teams mm-hmm. jump out at you. Mm-hmm. But here's a Poteet team that went undefeated through district, uh, only had two or three games that were relatively close. Everything else, they pretty much handled business. Uh, they're 21-5 overall in the season. Uh, one of the best one-two guard combinations that no one's ever heard of um, in Johnny Perry and Amaya Briggs. Um, they're both very active on both ends of the court. They can both incredible shooting touch for both. They can both penetrate, and they're the catalysts on defense. I mean, they their pressure defense starts with them, and they really set the tone on both sides of the court. Uh, Jeliah Johns is a six-foot post, so they do have a presence on the inside. Mm. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see. It's, and it's, it's also so hard when you look at this region. It's going into every playoffs because you look at that se- potential second-round matchup, and it's Jacksonville and Sulphur Springs. 
we don't see those teams play no. at all. And, and then, you know, you look across that region. That's why it's so hard. It's easy to say Liberty and Lone Star are the favorites. Because but we don't know about Hallsville or, you know, these other True. teams uh, going on. So, you know, Midlothian, uh, that district, uh, Red Oak won that district in what seemed, seemed to be a, a fairly tough district. That's one thing you can't say about 13-5A. Top to bottom, it wasn't the strongest district. You had a three-way tie for fourth between three, four, and eight teams. And Forney got in with a overall losing record. Um, but, you know, Poteet took care of business where they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be the favorite um, as the number one seed against Midlothian. Uh, I'd like to see them go a couple of rounds. I think they they had the potential uh, to, to possibly get to that regional uh, quarterfinal game, although they'll probably run into Red Oak. Hmm. Another team to kind of watch out for that <coughs> could be sneaky good is Wiley East. Uh, they went undefeated in their district, uh, and they faced Frisco Memorial. Um, first year ever. As open as a school, uh, they don't even. Frisco schools come out the gate like that, like I was like, "Hey, we're gonna make this a girls basketball school. Come here. I, 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 I don't make this a football school." Well, that's illegal for them to say, "Hey, come on over," and you know, unless you're zoned for those areas. But no, Frisco Memorial, they had the luxury of pulling from schools and programs that already have established athletes like Wakeland and Lone Star. Uh, they pulled a little bit from Heritage. So they got some players. You know, we know how good Lone Star and Wakeland are in multiple sports, uh, even Heritage as well. So they got some athletes and they made the playoffs, you know, in a really tough district. First ever year uh, as a program, as a varsity program, like I said, with no seniors. That one could be a game to, to look out for. Memorial played some teams tough, like the Lone Stars, and they, they, they kept things somewhat competitive uh, at times this year against the top dogs in Frisco, and they made the playoffs. They'll face Wiley East. Uh, and I'll very be good, I'll, very good Wiley East. Very good Wiley like, we'll, we'll Akasha Davis last year was one of the more impressive players. I saw she was just a freshman. She was a newcomer of the year in that mm. district. They were in the Poteet West Mesquite district last year that they That's right. Wiley East won. That's right. um, but they, they've been solid since I've kind of been able to pay attention to mm-hmm. these last four years. So you ought to, you're going to see a good team. But like you say, Memorial's got a shot. Yeah. They, they, the thing is, Memorial's very inexperienced. They have some <laughs> studs that are underclassmen that could be good You know, next year or the year after that and be that you know potential new new hot team on the block next to Liberty or Lone Star but but right now I mean they're still they're still going through the growing pains and we'll see if they can maybe pull off an upset uh, but I'll be at that game uh, tonight at Plano East uh, for some Monday night action uh, and then another one that I plan on uh, going to tomorrow night on Tuesday is Lone Star and Lovejoy Lone Star, obviously, the number one seed. Uh, they're number five in the state. And then Lovejoy, the four, number four seed in this district. I think they were four and eight in the, uh, last time I saw in their district standings. This one could be ugly. No offense, Lovejoy, Lone Star. They're, we're, we might be on a collision course he, he, for... So, 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 so you think it's going to happen? He's got, he's got Lovejoy and McKinney North people coming after him now. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll see. If they win, then I really got some uh, some people coming my way. But Lone Star is just that good. And um, it's, it's it stinks for Lovejoy because last year they opened up the playoffs first round against Prosper. It's just not fair, you know. But that's what happens when you finish fourth I was about to say, yeah, in the district. You, you, your seed. Ex- yeah, no exactly. The there, there you go. And then you're facing literally juggernauts that could win uh, the state championship. So, I mean, this could be a collision course for Frisco Liberty and, and Frisco Lone Star facing off in a regional final. That's when they would meet. But that's still a long ways away. We're focusing on the first round here. Lots of good games tonight uh, and tomorrow. Good luck to McKinney North. <laughs> we'll see. You're laughing, man. Some things are happening. That is true. That is true. Cedar Hill, J.J. Pierce in football, and they play each other again in uh, in basketball uh, tomorrow night. Which I actually see Cedar Hill play. I saw them play against um, South Garland uh, and Tyrese Maxey. You know, they have are you talking 
boys. We're talking girls. Oh. The girls are ranked number one in the state. Oh, but that's in the play. But so, yeah, <laughs> but they're number one in the state, and so uh, that's all you need to know. So a lot going on, and we will uh, have another podcast later this week on our reactions from these first round games. So make sure to stay tuned for those. Then that's Devin Hassan. It's Kendra Johnson. I'm Brian Murphy, and we'll talk to you later this week. At him. <laughs> <laughs> Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.